Hello and welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. This podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. We have a special guest star joining us for today's episode here. And um, we we prefaced this series of podcasts last week and gave an introduction that we're going to be talking with various pastors and um, friends and, and acquaintances throughout the Reformed world in the coming weeks on the podcast. And so uh, we're going to kick things off with my pastor, uh, a guy who was my pastor for three years <laughs> after I graduated college, and I lived in Bellingham, Washington, uh, working at Lagos Bible Software, um, and attended Faith Reformed Church, which is an RCA congregation in Linden, Washington. And so uh, Paul Van Maren is joining us today. He's now a pastor in Northwest Iowa. Paul, thank you for joining us, and why don't you yep. tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your family and the, the church where you pastor. Great, great, Mark, Zach, thanks for having me. I don't know about the guest star part, o- only in the sense of Philippians <laughs> 2, shine like stars, right? I don't know about the <laughs> star part, but anyhow. Well, as Mark said, uh, my name is Paul. Uh, I currently serve First Reformed Church in uh, Sheldon, Iowa. Um, just started the 10th year here, finished up nine and started on 10. Um, a wonderful place to serve. We love living in Sheldon, love the church, love the community. Uh, the opportunities for the gospel are numerous, even though Northwest Iowa has a high reputation of being a very Christianized area. Um, there's a lot of people who still need Jesus here, too. Um, but uh, as Mark mentioned, uh, for the nine years prior to living in uh, Northwest Iowa, we uh, lived in Northwest Washington State, where I served at uh, Faith Reformed. I always tell people uh, we live five miles from Canada and about 20 minutes from seawater. That said it right, put it about right, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> I said, it's not the ocean yet because it's a lot of inland island and seas, but it's, <laughs> sure. it's seawater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in the shadow of Mount Baker, um, which is wonderful. Now, having grown up in Iowa, I knew what I was coming back to. Um, and you grew to learn the beauty of the Midwest. So during seminary, having lived in, in West Michigan, then you know, seeing the vast expanse of you know Lake Michigan, and wow, this is beautiful. Um, and then going out to Washington and this expanse of the mountains and the beauty there, wow, this is beautiful. You know, Iowa has its own beauty, and it's coming up uh, in the fall when the harvest you know begins and the dust is in the air, the sunshine and uh, you know turns a little red in the in the evenings. So beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful. So. Everybody says it's beauty, and I'm happy to be living where we're at. Um, we just sent our first daughter, uh, Mark. You remember Hannah? Oh, yeah. She just started um, at Northwestern College. Loving it. She's only called like twice uh, in three weeks. So she's enjoying that. Our, our next daughter, Olivia, uh, is a junior in high school uh, here in Sheldon. Uh, when we moved to Iowa, we had three children. Uh, we came with Ella. She was our third then. And um, he's now in sixth grade. 
And, and in 2021, we formalized an adoption of our, our son and another daughter, uh, Sam and Ellen. And Sam's one year older than Ella, and Ellen is one year younger than Ella. So we've come on either side. Um, it's been interesting, uh, Sam and I, um, how uh, we've had to learn both. He, he uh, did not have a dad that was active in his life. Of course, I never had a son. So we had to learn how to do that together. And we, were, we are still learning, but we've come a long, long way. And, uh, and I'll tell you, that, tell everybody, it's wonderful being the dad of girls. Um, it's a different kind of challenge to be the dad of a son, not because they're hard. It's just that, am I emulating the character that I want my boys to be? Like, it's particularly of the Lord. Uh, even in the moments of discipline, do I emulate the character of the Lord, both grace and. Uh, so, yeah, Courtney and I, uh, we've been married uh, for 22 years. Um, we both grew up in, in, yeah, here in central, or in Iowa, in central Iowa. Um, I grew up in a reformed church in Sully, which is a small little town, somewhat uh, south and a little bit east of Des Moines. Uh, you know where Des Moines at, at, uh, Moines is at on the map. Um, and she grew up at a Presbyterian church, um, which is still a PCUSA church, which, which you know, is only interesting, perhaps, for our conversation. Of, you know, things <laughs> um, 25 of, years ago, it's a little different story than it is. Sure. Uh, well, and, and Paul is, is being modest here. And one of his claims to fame is he did play football for the University of Iowa. And so uh, <laughs> I, I did. I did. But don't think too highly of that. I was the low guy on the totem pole. So to speak. <laughs> I was but, I was and, on the scout team offense. That's I can say that. With <laughs> I know that I know we have a few uh, listeners who are from Iowa who that will that will really mean a lot to them. And so uh, uh, well, that, that's uh, they won't. They won't na remember my name. They won't know my name, but they will remember uh, Aaron uh, DeVries, and uh, he, he was pretty awesome. And I, if if, they, if your listeners meet me someday, I've got a good story to tell about him. He's a good guy. I've heard that story. It is <laughs> yeah, a good one. Yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, well, um, part of the reason I reached out to Paul is that we we want to get more of an understanding instead of just talking about um, other groups in the Christian Reformed Church or a broader Reformed context, um, I figured we would talk with people who have, have gone through things and experienced things that are notable in, in previous years in the Reformed landscape. And, and one of those things that has been happening that actually people talk a lot about is um, the Reformed Church in America is experiencing a split um, a lot of that split has probably already happened, um, and denominations have been formed from churches that were formerly RCA. And so I, uh, I was aware that Paul's current congregation um, in Sheldon was one of those churches that left from the RCA. And so just again, uh, instead of just talking about it, we want to talk with somebody who's actually experienced it and gone through it. Yeah. And so, Paul, I'm, I'm curious to hear, uh, maybe you can... Uh, try to summarize as best you can what was happening in the RCA or continues yeah. to be happening in the Reformed Church in America that has really mm -hmm. caused a lot of this uh, division. Right, right, right. So um, a, a lot of what's been happening 
let me answer the question two ways. Number one, what what did we what did we know about and what have we discovered, you know, since then? What we did know about in the RCA that that bothered us is that there were congregations and classes who were not just um, uh, open and um, an affirmative of same sex, you know, practice marriage behavior. Um, you know, but yeah, there's pastors, classes, congregations. And and honestly, we did not any longer want to be associated with them. Um, and, um, you know, there's that sort of phrase, guilt by association, or, or <clears throat> something to that effect, that even when, Mark, when I served at, at Faith, people would ask me about that. Well, what's, you know, what's, why are these churches doing? And I never had an answer. Because that's not what we do, and it's not what we believe. I never, ever had an answer for that, or be able to, be able to explain. And, and, and it always would wrinkle, you know, ruffle people's feathers and make them upset. And I'm trying to defend the, the denomination. And it's, well, we're working on it, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, here's what's happening. And finally, finally, um, we, we we as a congregation here honestly had, we were just tired of it all. Um and, and many other people in the RCA were as well. And so the in uh, 2019, the Vision 2020, Vision 2020 team was formed, and they were to come up with a way forward that would uh, allow uh, you know, a graceful exit or a reorganization or just keeping doing things you know, that we were, as we had been doing. Um, and, and I was there at General Sin in 2019 um, while they were reviewing, you know, the after the first year and the findings, the majority of people wanted a graceful like, just let mm -hmm. this is the time. This is the time. And 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 what was the presenting issue was same sex marriage practice uh, and and behavior and acceptance, you know, being open and affirming. And we were that's not us. And we don't see that as compatible um, in in our view of scripture and what the Lord teaches there. Um, and so 2020 then, you know, comes along, there's no general sinning because of COVID and all that stuff. And, the, and, you know, and the, you know, it's kicking it down the can down the road. And that was just the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. We're done. And um, just started, conversations started about what to do. Some congregations were already leaving. Um, one congregation in Sioux City had done so five years ago over the same issues. You know, they could see a long, you know, they could see a long ways in advance. Um, we started having some conversations with them and other congregations in Orange City. Um, and about, you know, what, what can we do? What, where would we go? What's the process look like? Um, and so um, prior, though, to that whole decision for this congregation, too, was just where do we stand on same-sex marriage practice behavior and, and came to the position that we accept you for where you are, but we don't accept, you know, every behavior. And that behavior isn't just related to same-sex practice marriage, you know, ordination question. Um, it's all sorts of stuff, including my own stuff. It's not acceptable to them. So we're not singling yeah. out, but that became the presenting issue um, that we just cannot abide by this any longer. No. And... Um, that that initiate that then 
began to initiate the process when other congregations then were talking as the can got kicked down the road with the other position. Okay, so now what do we do as we think about leaving? What do, what do we do? So I, from, maybe you can correct my understanding if it's inaccurate, but I recall there was a decision made at the general synod level that um, the RCA was officially going to be a, a denomination where each congregation could just decide what they want to do on same-sex marriage and um, and so forth, and and that was a more recent decision. And it from yeah. that was that was twenty twenty one maybe about or um, and, and so it was really that like what you meant to use the term the straw that broke the camel's back was that really more of the decision that was just like okay we we can't have uh, fellowship and good in good conscience you know yeah. um, with right. that happening. Right, 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 right. And I, I don't remember it so much as being, you know, every congregation can decide. Mm -hmm. um, you know, honestly, at that point in 2021, we're thinking, how are we going to get out of this thing? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really paying a whole lot of attention to that. Uh, mm -hmm. Other, But but I am paying attention to, um, you know, the last general synod that I actually paid attention to in 2021 prior to our departure. And... Um, it was stunning. One speech on the floor of the general synod is it? We can no longer, guys. We can no longer be a part of this. We mm. cannot. This is why we're leaving. Mm. Um, I, I recorded that and saved it for our consistory to view, to which they wholeheartedly agreed. Now they're not sitting back and high and mighty and, and haughty and thinking, "Oh, ha, ha, we're better, better." We can't agree with this in our view the scriptures as they've been handed down to us and has been interpreted by those who've come before us we see the same way that we just can't abide by same-sex marriage practice behavior ordination um so um then we, we by that time we'd already decided in our hearts that we left it was just a matter of figuring out okay where are we going to land this ship when we do when we do and other congregations were in the same same position asking the same kind uh question as well we were probably, you might say, on the late end of the first wave or the early end of the second wave mm. of congregations leaving the RCA. We're probably on the <laughs> end of the first wave, you might guess. Um, so your church has gone towards the Alliance of Reformed Churches, yep. right? ARC, yep. which is about 160 congregations, men, I would say most of which in the Midwest, right? Right, right. Um, right. And so... Uh, Talk about the ARC, the structure, the theology, how things kind of work in, in that denomination. Okay, so, you know, the ARC was formed out of a lot of conversations with a lot of people. And that was one of the things we wanted to keep the relationships we had with other congregations. We did not want to be an independent congregation. I said, who, who do you have over you that correct you when you're wrong? Particularly mm -hmm. pastors. Mm -hmm. who, who do you have? Um so we wanted to be a part of a denomination. We wanted to keep relationships. Um, and then the then at that time when we were exploring, the ARC starts to form and develop. Um, so uh, theologically, we we have the standards of the uh, Canons of Dor, the Belgic, the Heidelberg, the Athanasian Creed, the Nicene Creed, of course, the Apostles' Creed. Now, the, a congregation can um, use, um, I haven't even thought of it for the longest time, um, <laughs> the, uh, 
the Belhar Catechism. The Belhar, sorry. Oh, the Belhar, yeah. So, so he, you can tell how unfamiliar and unused of it is the Belhar. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can't even remember what it's called. No, you and but but the nice part in the ARC is they made it an addendum to the um, hmm. which which puts it in more. It's its rightful perspective. I never thought it had the the um, power of or authority that's even the right words um of a mm -hmm. standard i think as an addendum to the belgic makes a whole lot more sense you know there is the mm -hmm. sin of racism that's yeah. true right um and that's really where the bellhower comes out of so that's okay in our congregation we honestly don't give a whole lot of time to the bellhower um but also the great lakes um catechism on sexuality i think mm -hmm. i think that's the proper title um, mm -hmm. That as an addendum to the Heidelberg as well, but each of those, see, and each of those aren't. I, you can't say that they're that they would be the standard of a you know a confession on their own because they speak to just very specific things. But in as you know, an addendum to really makes a whole lot of sense. And so those you know those stand as the standards. Uh, the ARC holds the standards for uh, qualifications for ordination uh, and and. You know, when you're developing a new denomination, you got to develop a lot of that stuff. Uh, so that was just completed. There's like 144 competencies of which a seminary trained pastor is able to or should be able to meet those. But there's um, there's, you know, just the same oral exams that we would previously do with an ordination team at the denominational level, not at the network level. Now, the network um, is more your regional, but local network of congregations and we belong to what is now called the midwest network started out as dakota because it was mostly south dakota mm -hmm. north dakota but it's expanded now to well iowa and uh, there's at least one church in wisconsin several in minnesota um mm -hmm. central iowa i think there might be even one in, in illinois and i know for sure there's one in michigan too but it was the one network that already had um an administrative staff and structure in place. And for us, geographically, it made sense. Um, and, and it was great that they had that administrative staff. The other ones are, are still working at it and making progress. Um, but uh, so then at the network level, um, you know, there's a yearly meeting uh, where we do have business to talk over encouragement. The nice part is we don't have these conversations anymore about, uh, you know, the, oh, you know, what are the liberals doing? And you don't worry about it. You don't think about it. Um, you think about, you know, ministry. We think about, you know, theological things that our culture's facing. We think about, you know, how to respond to those biblically, pastorally, theologically. Um, we then also meet uh, monthly then in cluster, pastor cluster groups for encouragement, uh, support, um, stays theologically sharp, ask some good questions, you know, kind of share ministry best, best practices kind of things, uh, which I, I personally like because in our classes before, definitely didn't like that. Um, it was more of an organizational formal thing, right? Yeah, That's what ours yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, when we lived in Washington, it was far more collegial and relationship, but they worked really hard to because that was spread between Washington to Montana to Oregon. Right. Mm -hmm. So they worked really hard about relationship. Now, everybody here is close, but we're relationally more distant. Now, mm -hmm. in the network, we're 
working hard at actually being relationships, which for me is is great. Uh, lots of windshield time with other pastors going back and forth to, you know, to those meetings. They're about an hour and a half, yeah, every week, or excuse me, every month, um, which is fun. I enjoy that. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a bit of uh, a focus now that you can have on things of mission, things about uh, how to do ministry, and you're not yeah. being sort of bogged down a little bit by the institutional right. uh, sort of apparatus of what it means right. to be in a denomination where there is a vast mixture of opinion. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's that in some ways sounds sounds really nice. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people who live in denominations, um, especially old ones, I, I think that they sense that sort of uh, sense that that feeling of, oh, man, we have to have these conversations constantly, always, because there is such a, a broad range of opinion and perspective. And so there's probably a good sense of uh, a, a feeling of a breath of fresh air um, at your meetings. And so that yes. that is interesting to hear. Those um, are the exact words our elders came back with. Like mm-hmm. that was the most wonderful meeting we've ever been to. I want to go again. No, that they never said that about a classes meeting. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Uh, one question that comes to mind in thinking about the gotcha. the ARC or the Alliance of Reformed Churches um, for me is, and you've already kind of hinted at it a little yeah. bit, uh, but I'd love to hear you answer it more thoroughly, just because I'm sure most of our listeners are CRC, and so there may be the question sort of floating around in the back of their minds. Why didn't the Alliance of Reformed Churches just join the CRC? Um, I'm sure that there are good reasons for it, but I just want to give you the platform to explain some of the thinking behind that. You know, I I honestly can't answer that from, you know, the larger ARC perspective, Uh, you know, from the larger denomination from the ARC. I I don't know the answer. Now, I can speak to that on the local congregation level because, when we explored, okay, where are we going to land this ship? Um, there were several options on the table, OPC, EPC, PCA, um, ECO, and, and there were a two or three other. Oh, and the CRC was one of those two. You know, for us as a congregation, there were some cultural things that are more, more Northwest Iowa-ish that were a little bit, you know, maybe not at odds. And, and not that we view CRC churches or congregations or the people in them as you know, enemies, but just some culturally things that we didn't think that would be a, a good fit. Um, honestly, on a personal level, local level, um, all of our churches here in, in Sheldon get along wonderfully well. I don't care if you're CRC, ARC, or we still have an RCA congregation. Um, the Methodist church that was here, they left them the Methodist church mm-hmm. presently are independent and on their way to their new, new home. Um, but also the Assemblies church, there is a great collegiality in our community. Um, and so there, there really isn't an anti-CRC thing. We just didn't think culturally it would be, or the families we have would be well. So, but then the other part was that we wanted to stay with congregations, if we could stay with congregations with whom we already had previous relationships and, and, and not abandon you know, them nor um, you know, let go of those relationships for ourselves well um uh so yeah that's a uh, locally we can i can speak about that i don't know about what kind of conversations if any at all on the large denominational level hmm. 
So, yeah, that's um, interesting. There's sort of alphabet soup of all the reformed world of all oh, the different yeah. denominations that are <laughs> that are out there. And that seems to be an interesting question that has been around, at least in the CRC, in my six years of being here. Uh -huh. Kind of the question of if you weren't CRC, where would you be? I don't think that that yeah. question is as live of a question as it was five or six years ago when I started, right. Uh, right. given that uh, the CRC has moved in a direction um more or less moved in a direction that is more, I would say, amenable to the positions held for the most part here in, in Ripon, California. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it was interesting to hear people sort of always keeping their eye on what was out there. Um, yeah. And of course, there's a church here in Ripon that is currently in that situation, having left the CRC, but is now on their way. But they aren't quite sure from what I've heard about where they're headed. So they're still figuring that out and discerning their next steps. Sure, sure. Well, you know, even, yeah, even as we talk about it, it's like uh, some some people would hear us and say, wow, there's all this rivalry among all these reformed denominations. It's like, no, 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 no. So we listen to Mortification of Spin. That's an OPC guy and a PCA guy, right? Yeah. Orthodox yeah. Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church in America. We love those guys. Um, you know, yeah. and so actually what, what I think will end up happening is probably more unity among reformed congregations yeah. that are across the alliance, the CRC, the PCA, the EPC, um, all, all of these reformed denominations. I think um, it, what could seem like more splintering actually could end up uh, leading into more unity, particularly through social media, I think, is yeah. where a lot yeah. of this connection can happen, um, especially even nationally. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. One of, one of the things that breaks my heart is, is John 17, Jesus, and let them be one. What does one really mean? Does that mean one institution or one in, 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 in fellowship with one another? Well, but not just merely fellowship, but one in our understanding of who the Lord is, what the Lord is doing, has done, is doing, will do. How do we need to respond? You know, uh, how do we need to live our life? I think unity around that is more what you're getting at. So the denomination, um, we're, we're kind of moving in maybe in that post-denominationalism. I think there's still value because you need somebody who's looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Somebody yeah. needs to yeah. hold me accountable. Or or if I'm not here, the board of elders, they need to hold, somebody's got to hold them accountable. You need somebody. But apart from that and making sure you know you're, ordaining people and maybe you know taking care of pastors and stuff i don't think denominations have to keep people separate i think they can be together and i to your point exactly mark that there is a whole lot of unity you know even here in, in sheldon where you've got the assembly's pastor who would be theologically armenian and and um on paper i suppose the you know former methodist pastor you know you know theologically armenian um, we don't let that even still stop us from being a unified presence in our community. In fact, to this end, um, three years ago in response to COVID um, in 2021, yeah, so well, that wouldn't be three years ago, but now it's been three times, we uh, started doing a unified Sunday morning Labor Day worship. Mm -hmm. All the churches in Sheldon together, all the pastors um, because we all believe and trust in the Lord Jesus and hold him, you know, as our, our sovereign, right? And people love it. They love it. And it doesn't matter, you know, which congregation. Now, if a Mormon came, we'd have to have a conversation about that, right? 
If there was a Jehovah's Witness that came, we'd have to have a conversation about that. You know, if you had someone who was, you know, what we would probably just categorize as a theological liberal, we would probably have to have a conversation right now about that. But right now, uh, in Sheldon, uh, there's a lot of unity around the mm-hmm. And I love that stuff. I love it. Because that's a serious prayer that Jesus prayed. Let Lord, Father, let them be one as you and I. Yeah, it seems like in our current world, and this is sort of, I think, I think the ARC is a good example of this. In our current world, denominations can start with somebody who has access to the internet. Uh, And I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean that like things can happen in a more creative way that you don't have to have the institutional apparatus. You don't have to have the sort of center. I don't know what the RCA's sort of headquarters would be. uh, That's somewhere in Michigan. That makes sense. Uh, I know for us, yeah, Vatican City is Grand Rapids. So uh, you don't have to have those sort of things. You just have to have somebody who can create a nice website and sort of pull people together through uh, different affinities and commitments and values. And this, I'm getting a lot of this idea from Paul Vanderclay's work because he's talked a little bit about the the ARC and in uh, in this way and how new things can happen. There's a there's an interesting level of creativity, and that's maybe an exciting prospect for the future unity of the church. As we think about how the internet has allowed for, excuse me, I just cough, I'm coughing on my own spit here. Um, (laughs) As the internet has allowed for more division to take place within the church around the world, because people are theologically more astute now and they're reading for themselves. They can come up with their own opinions in the same way it can create opportunities for that kind of unity. And I think Christians now more than ever, your average Christian in the pew is more informed about what the Christians at the Assemblies of God Church down the street believe than they used to be 50 or 60 years, excuse me, years ago. Um, and so it, it, I, I think that there is a blossoming of unity that can begin to happen. And I hope as uh, pastors in the 21st century, we be, we can begin to slowly shepherd that and see that grow uh, in the ways that you're doing in your own community, where you're having those kinds of assemblies of churches that are coming together to celebrate uh, and to share worship together, uh, realizing that though we are divided in, in some, some serious ways, um, we are actually united uh, around a, what you could call a sort of Catholicity of of God's tri- triunity, of uh, salvation being found in Jesus Christ alone, those sort of basic uh, baseline things we are actually seeing in our world today are a uniting force um, because of uh, maybe our position where we uh, we find ourselves within the broader post-Christian culture. And so I think the ARC is a testament to what can happen as far as unity goes in the future of the church. And that excites me as we think about John 17. I I pray that prayer often myself. And I think that there's a lot of things to be sad about. More churches do seem divided in some ways now more than ever, but I think that there's good hope to be had nevertheless. Yeah, 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 So so Paul, uh, as we start to wrap things up, I'm a little bit curious, how so right now the christian reformed church has a very close connection to the reformed church in america the rca and uh, like for example if you would go on the crc website the official crc website it'll say if there's no christian reformed church in the town you're looking for check out our sister denomination the rca and go to one of those churches um and and so that's a practical thing but there's all sorts of other uh 
things uh, happening in Grand Rapids and uh, yeah, organizationally, yeah. we have the same benefits yeah. association and so right. forth. We share insurance. And, yeah. Um, and the ARC is so, part of that now, the RBA. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm curious. Uh, do you think that uh, that we should continue in that close connection with the RCA, given what you've seen in the RCA, um, or is it time for the CRC to reassess and investigate what um, what that relationship should look like? Right, right, right. You know, I I I, I can't say that I would tell the um, CRC you should stop. I would say you should investigate because what happened is we began to investigate and started as what we we don't agree with the same sex marriage practice behavior um, ended <laughs> up at, in. Um, we don't have, we don't have the same view of scripture. We don't have the same view of hermeneutics, and and to the point where I was coming to the conclusion, I don't even think we believe in the same Jesus. And 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 that is in holding to what we have received, um, and and held dear in in, in the Apostles' Creed, and what other people are saying about Jesus. It's like a different Jesus. And so I would encourage those in the crc do your hard work and say you know oh, it might be the same-sex marriage behave practice behavior conversation it starts there but look at what they're just saying about jesus and some rca congregations it's shocking and i have the receipts to show it um i you know i can maybe show that off to you off the air but um it, it's absolutely shocking i couldn't believe it and that became more of the evidence, okay, for our congregation, it's time to leave, it's time to leave. And so if um, the RCA, or excuse me, the CRC um, leadership wanted to take some time to investigate, there's plenty of evidence out there. Like, you maybe don't want to do that anymore. Well, um, it, it, and there might be some CRC churches who say, well, then we don't want to do CRC anymore. I mean. It, it, one of these days, all this is going to come out and the chips are going to fall down and they're going to land somewhere um, eventually. Well, it's a uh, so the, the term is used, I think occasionally we'll say it on the podcast of an apocalypse is a revealing, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and so an apocalyptic yeah. event reveals something yeah. uh, about this, how decisions are made and what our real practical theology is. Yeah. And yeah. I think COVID was apocalyptic yes, in, in that agree. sense of how how are decisions being made and so um you know to give an example the, the whole public school thing where everyone yeah. has to go online and then all of a sudden all the teach all the parents are seeing what their teachers are telling exactly. their children and uh -huh. whoa yeah. what what is this about you know this the political right. indoctrination is happening um right and, and so right. that was apocalyptic right and yeah. that it revealed yeah. so much of what was really happening and and so in in the previous five, six years, there's been uh, a theological apocalypse, you might yes, say, in, in the reformed world, including in the RCA, in the CRC yeah. to some extent too, right. where there's right. a revealing of how decisions are made, of, of what people really believe concerning yeah. the, what the gospel is, what the yes. mission of the church is, yes. um, uh, what, what it means to participate in communion and so forth. Right. Um, and so you're saying what I hear is, you had that apocalypse and you said, whoa, it's not, yes. it's not just this one issue. There's a uh -huh. whole lot of surface too. Yeah. It, yeah. Script, view of scripture and yeah. who is Jesus? 
I think I think many in, in other uh, liberal circles are honestly it's a different Jesus. I, I they're preaching a different Jesus. Wow. Uh, well, and I guess we pray for them, pray for ourselves that we watch our life and doctrine closely, right? Absolutely, and, um, absolutely. And, yeah. So, uh, well, we we've just got another minute or two here, but uh, I, I guess uh, we'll. We'll wrap things up, Paul. Any any further thoughts or encouragement for the CRC or uh, anything? Well, my, my one of the things I said at our, um, a few weeks ago uh, to kick off worship for our local Christian school was um, don't don't miss Jesus for all of the the talk and the teaching about Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, let's not miss him for all the talk about. Him. Seek I mean, Christ. Seek yeah. him. Yeah. 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 And that's that's the first amongst all things. We can find unity with other believers when Jesus is first. I mean, theological mm -hmm. matters, differences matter. Um, and they need to be attended to, but Jesus knows. Amen, man. Well, we couldn't okay. stop at a better point there. So thank you for joining thank us, you. Paul. And, and we could uh, do this again. We could do this again. I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, yes, it's good stuff. Yeah, it uh, pastors talking shop and recording yeah. it for the world to consume, right? So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, God bless you in your ministry, Paul and Sheldon. And thank you, Reform Podmatics listeners, for tuning into this episode. And we'll catch you next week. Grace and peace, you guys. Thank you. Thank you.